Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, gore, blood and bloodletting, death of loved ones, apocalypse, trauma, grief, disreality and hallucinations, manipulation, and heights. Arc 3, Episode 13, Demons Fear Beasts in Twos, from The Beast Angel, by Allison C. Rollins. We open on a throne room. Not a bone-crafted throne room filled with blood and death, but a golden one. All opulent marble, tall arching ceilings, and dark burnished wood. Sitting upon its throne, we see Atalanta poring over pages and pages of notes propped on a small table. She heaves a deep sigh, pinching the bridge of her nose. Being a ruler is hard. Being a ruler in the midst of an apocalypse is harder. Atalanta's ruminations are interrupted by the muffled sound of fighting. She looks up immediately, her eyes shining with adroitness, her gaze affixed on the massive gilded doors at the end of the hall, and we hear the clanging of weapons, the vibration of magic thrumming through the air, and the shouting of Atalanta's royal championship guard. She stands, her gills flaring in anticipation of the battle that's to come, raising her proud horned head. She throws out her hand, and the air around her palm shimmers, the weave tightening as she summons her trident out of thin air. The trident materializes in her hand. It has decorated motifs winding up its staff that depict kelp, the waves of Ingir Lake, its creatures. 
This is her mother's trident, as it was her mother's before hers and her mother before hers. It has served Atalanta for 23 years and it will serve her again today. The doors burst open. Bloodthirst strides through, tossing the limp body of one of her royal guards to the side. He's glowing, enshrouded in a crimson light, his eyes bright and wild. He grins, revealing a row of razor-sharp, pearly white teeth, his black fur matted with other people's gore. He leaves a thick crimson mist in his wake that begins to fill the throne room. And every now and then we see the edges of Bloodthirst's body distorting as though something powerful and holographic were trapped underneath his fur. But for now, Bloodthirst holds strong as he approaches Atalanta. His prosthetic tail curved like a scorpion about to strike, the gem embedded in its tip glowing brighter than it ever has. And he says, Atalanta, long time no see, my friend. How have you been? Hope you don't mind if I cut the pleasantries now. Hand over the championship, and I'll make your death swift. Atalanta readies her trident, narrowing her eyes. I don't think so, Bloodthirst. You know the law. Besides, you're a terrible leader, and an even worse fighter. <sighs> you don't have the spine to lead Nabal through the cataclysm, Atalanta. No one does except for me. I always have. When I ruled Rasso, we were prosperous. We rivaled Talma, Jukai, Tulong. Our name meant something. Yeah, it meant fear. Exactly. And fear means respect. See, Bloodthirst, that's where you and I differ. I used to think like you. I used to act like you. I even used to look up to you, like all the hopefuls did. I even won your championship. But now... I know ruling through fear is wrong. All it ever does is sow the seeds of discontent. Look at how you've treated those underneath you. Your servants, all they ever learn from you is pain and hatred. And one day that kicked dog is gonna bite back. And at that, Bloodthirst snarls and the red light pulsating off his fur grows in intensity and shade. The mist rolling off his body starts to thicken. I've always hated dogs. And with that, he lunges at Atalanta, who throws her trident at him. And on the trident, slicing through the air, we are going to cut to the sewers. Darkness, the smell of cavern, blood, dripping water. Dr. Aluso, their lab coat flapping, runs past the golden statues of bloodthirst down this darkened corridor with moss-strewn rocks, and stops in front of a low stone bridge that gaps a ditch filled with flowing sewer water. Oka? Uh, Oka, I, I know you're out there somewhere hiding. Please, uh, I just want to help. Oka, where are you? Oka, they've paused, you know, kind of at the lip of one of these many, many, like, exit chambers out of this grand hall, and their brow knits together, invisible as they are. Kane's weight kind of like sagged over their shoulders, making the wounds on their body bleed heavier. They turn over their shoulder and the shadow that kind of encased their body in this dark invisibility just kind of like a glitch falling off of them uh, as it just sloshes away. They look back. Oka, Oka, listen, 
You're in pain right now, I can tell. You're hurting, you're scared, you want to run away, but we need you, Oka. <laughs> you know, I almost believe that. I almost do. I want to. <laughs> I want to so badly. I want to believe it. But you should have heard what the gods said. They turned away. Again. Scott and Nectus are separated from each other. They're not in their right mind. Whatever they said to you, I'm sure they didn't mean it. What if they did? What if they're right? They've always... What if they've always been right? Oka, what do they say? They said that I was the enemy. That I was evil. That the stranger had me. And I don't know. What if... What if it does? Dr. Luso approaches you carefully, right? Like, their hand outstretched. As they, like, look at your, like, haggard body, like, the fear, anxiety, confusion, self-doubt just swirling in your double-pupiled gaze. Dr. Lusso approaches. They reach out a hand to touch you on the chest. Do you let them? Yeah, I mean, I have, like, canes slung over my shoulders, so I suppose, like, they, they can't really hesitate, but they stiffen up and close their eyes. Dr. Lusso's hand rests on your sternum. They close their eyes. Uh, and you feel just a boom, boom, like a uh, string on a guitar being plucked, and you feel this like vibration go through your body. It's almost pleasant, and you like, I think a, a sense of calm almost washes over you. Dr. Luso closes their eyes, and when they open their eyes again, they're like kind of darkened, muddied blue eyes. They say to you, Oka, remember all those weeks ago when we first met, and I felt the scar knitting over your heart? And I told you you were blocked. I remember very well. It may be the only thing that's saving you right now, that blockage. There's something in you. Something in your soul, Oka, and it's not Vinash. I don't know. What if it's what if it's just me? What if it's always been there? No. No, Oka. This is something else. This is something like those creatures you protected the Kui from. Like that scorpion thing you told me about when you were traveling to Dabathati. This is something else. This is something beyond the beyond. It's not you. It never has been. Let me help you. Oka pauses. They kind of like tuck their chin down uh, and put their hand over Dr. Luso's on their own chest and they let it fall okay fine okay 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 and Dr. Luso takes your hand and carefully leads you back the way you came uh, and I think now that the adrenaline is sort of like surging down, you know, you've sort of, you've sort of been talked back from this ledge, so to speak. Uh, I think Kane's body is just kind of heavy over your shoulders now. And like, I think you even just like slouch a little under the weight. And it's just sort of like there weighing you down this burden that you carry. And when Oka, Kane, and Dr. Aluso return to the chamber, we come across a scene sort of like in the aftermath of like a war, which this kind of is. Um, I think Squeak is attending to Manaya. Uh, Talat is also sort of kneeling next to Manaya. And I think both of them are trying to like wrap up like the wounds on your body and like patch up, you know, the various gashes and like apply salves to your bruises. Um, and Dewey, are you, did you take damage? Are you also injured? A little bit. It's fine. Just a little bit, like br cuts and scrapes, I think. Um, I think Xiaohu is sort of like, stay still, little one. 
Let me patch up your wing. I'm, I'm good. Uh, you should go help Manaya. I'm fine, really. No. I want to help you, Cardu. Okay. He very reluctantly and, like, leaning away from Xiaohu as he extends his wing. As you extend your wing, you hear from above you, in the pipe that you fluttered down from, uh, Tanga say, Oh, are you okay, Cardu? Tanga, there you are. I don't really have a way to get down from here. I guess I'll meet you all uh, up there. Sounds good. Be careful up there. Is that a way out? As the kind of the first thing that Oka says as they are peering up, uh, startling at Tonga's voice a little. Uh, yeah, it is. There's a lot of twisty, turny tunnels behind me. There's there's one that leads out to Clothall, but I think there are other ways to get to Rosso as well. This might be a good way to, to catch up to Bloodthirst. Manaya coughs up some more blood um, and is starting to get up feeling a little better and she says no the the water's rising we have we have to get up we can't go straight the sewers will fill hey 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 calm down there Talat is sort of like trying to like stabilize like I think like a big bruise on your forearm or something stop thrashing around <laughs> now I have to make sure they're okay I have to get us out. Hey, hey, you're not doing anyone any favors by powering through your injuries, okay? Just let this set for a moment. It's a herbal wrap I made myself. Living in the jungles teaches you more than you'd ever learned. I'd have ever learned in a city, huh? <sighs> you can say that again. I hate being down here. I can't smell anything except the stench. And Talat continues, like, bandaging you up. Rev! Uh, in front of you, V, is also, like, sort of, like, looking you up and down, like, very concerned girlfriend moment, where she's like, are you hurt? Are you okay? What happened to your... Where's your vest? Oh, uh, you know, I got... And I think this is, like, the first time V's, like, looking down and seeing, like, even the clothes that she knows she is wearing is, like, different. <laughs> she's like, oh, um, you know, I, I, I remember taking off my vest because I was just ready to go after Bloodthirst and Kane and and then Nectus came in me, and I, I feel different. I, my clothes are a little different. This is, this ha is this what happens? Uh, <laughs> Rev looks at the little streaks of green in your hair, like the vest he threw off. Like it's not like magical girl transformation moment that happened with Rev, right? It's just like a little bit, like halfway there. She's like, not quite exactly. V, Nectus, can you feel her? Uh, v listens, listens deep, and I think all she hears is sort of Nectus's voice of, "We've got to go on. We've got, we've got to get to Scott. We've, we've got to move." Yes, this emotion of like urgency and fear. You, you feel this like pain and grief and fear that doesn't belong to you, right? But it's still inside you, like how Oka described, like a hard stone, sort of like in your chest, weighing you down. And you know that, like, Nexus is so, like, doesn't know what to do without Scott. Is like, roiling, and maybe, like, even as you're, like, looking down, like, you see, like, a little bit of, like, purple sparking off, like, off your pale skin, like, clashing against, like, the, the green sheen to your body. All right, all right, let's get going. Everyone good? Everyone patched up? Ready to go? Yes, we've, we've got to move on. Okay. Uh, so, due to this quick patching up, all four of you can restore 25 hit points. Uh, and I think the four of you... Are y'all gonna like rappel up to where Tanga is? That opening, like that sewer opening? Yeah, and I think some Oka says something to the effect of like, we need to get out as fast as possible. Right. I think I remember the no either way. I think maybe Manaya is like on her feet now, maybe supported by Talat on one side and someone on the other side. 
squeak, <laughs> squeak. I think squeak like no. I don't see think... shaking there. She's not big enough. She squished like a little <laughs> squish. Oh, Dewey's uh, standing on Squeak's shoulders and trying to support Munaya. Oh my god! So they add up to about seven feet. Yes, I love that. Okay, Squeak and Dewey on one side and Talat on the other. Um. And Manaya starts trying to go faster than maybe her body's ready to go, uh, stumbles a bit, and then starts like walking at a more regular pace forward, trying to summon the memories of which turns they took and trying to remember them in reverse. Okay. Uh, this is while after you've all repelled up there, you're all easily able to get up to that little like sewer opening that Tonga is like peering out of. Talat's got a grappling hook, you know, like multiple of you can fly, cast magic. I think you're all able to like get up there quite quickly. It's quite cramped, right? Like up there. The four of you led by Manaya sort of like shimmy, shimmy through the sewers. And I think uh, Tonga's right behind you and is like, oh, we should go there. Uh, how about over here? You know, like I'm not really, I didn't really study the sewer maps of Rasso. Uh, now I wish I did, but I am, this is still my home. I'm still pretty familiar with the capital. And she's like helping guide you. And eventually you're like climbing up ladders, you know, shimmying down chutes, you know, climbing, shimmying, climbing, shimmying. So I know the four of you just make a group survival check to see how long it takes you, okay? I will take the highest result. So I rolled a net one. Yeah, you did. So anyone else got good survival? I'm going to use a point of uh, personal inspiration. Uh, no need. I got a set 19. Okay, perfect. Then. Okay. All right, that makes sense. That's good if Manaya's in front. I would I would assume that Manaya's maybe alongside Tonga's guidance also sort of like uh, reading the winds. And if there's wind coming from one tunnel, that'll probably lead outside. Very smart. Oka, how does your nat one translate? Uh, Oka's carrying Kane on their back. If they're trying to tap into some kind of their, like, hunter sentence, it's still pinging off of Kane because of the, like, blood connection. They can't get anywhere else, and I don't think they're in the right mind to either. Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> the four of you together are able to, I think quite with a 19, quite quickly get out of the, go the goddamn sewers. You climb up the, like this final like ladder, like the rusted rungs, like flaking in your palm. And I think at the very top, like you see like a manhole cover Manaya, and you're very easily able to just like push it open and climb out. The first thing all four of you notice as Manaya gets out and probably like presumably helps Tonga out and like helps all the, the rest of you out and all the other all of your friends is that the streets here of Rosso are cloaked in a red mist. And all around you, shining down, is this sort of, like, all-consuming crimson light. And you hear screaming, but not screams of fear and pain and despair, but screams of ecstatic glee, laughing and chuckling. As you, like, all, like, get out onto the middle of this, like, rather deserted boulevard, looking around, you see, in the near distance, a gigantic gigantic ferris wheel made of bone that's rolling through Rosso. The ground is like trembling and it's like crushing buildings like under its feet and you turn you see another and as you look you see the mist solidify form like circus tents right with like this colorful bunting right and you start to hear circus music begin to play like all around you seeming to come out of this red mist right and the mist seems to be pouring out of the top of the tower of risk and reward that's in front of you a couple hundred feet away what do the four of you do manaya immediately lets out like a whimper of like a small dog and falls to the ground, her eyes just locked on these ferris wheels. 
I think um, V is going to see all this stuff and just sort of ask the question internally, like, is there anything we can do to, like, stop these these illusions from existing? Uh, I won't even make you roll for it, because V, you're the one who resisted the carnival in the first place. You know that there is an origin. It's coming from Scott, which is inside Bloodthirst, who is inside the Tower of Risk and Reward. It's like a Russian doll of trauma uh, that's all emanating from the throne room. That's sort of almost like it's a gas cylinder that's cracked open at the top and it's just pouring mist down, like all over Rosso. Mm. Do we, Oka? Oka, uh, I think has. They were like low crouching, coming out of the out of the sewer system, and they like look up with a little bit of trepidation and fear, and they kind of shrug Kane, like really like cradling like the back of their neck to Dr. Luso, you know, like as they are all like coming up and out. Uh, and they actually rush toward V, and they're a little frantic, uh, and they just grab both of V's hands. V, V, you have to, you have to lead us. I can't, I can't, but you can. I know you can, you can take us through the god, you, you have Nectus, you can take us through. I know you can. V's gonna uh, grab sort of Oka's arms and be like, it, it's okay, friend. Uh, and also sees like Manaya, like, this is all, just remember, this is just like the carnival. There's nothing, none of this is can actually touch you. You're just, we've got to get to Scott and Bloodthirst up in the throne room. We take care of, of Scott and Bloodthirst and this will all be gone. This is all just, this is only temporary. And V's gonna turn up and like try to help Manaya back up and look up to where the throne room is and take a deep breath and let's go friends and starts booking it that way. I think uh, as you help Manaya up, she gets up, her eyes are still wide and she manages to tear herself away from the Ferris wheels, uh, but she doesn't let go of your hand. And so she's holding your hand and I think her other hand just maybe open behind her if we want to hold hands, you know. Like a kindergarten train. It's worth a shot. And I don't want to get separated from... He's my... willing to take the risk. Not my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not willing to get separated from all of you again. Yeah, I think even Maniacal goes to Dewey uh, and says, I won't leave you again. Here. Let's get this bastard. I think Oka shrugs Kane back over their shoulders and looks a little tentatively at Dewey as they approach, but then they extend their hand out to him. Uh, Dewey grabs it and this is maybe the most confident. You don't shake his hand very often, but maybe this is the most confident. Uh, Dewey, your feathers are way less clammy than usual. <laughs> I... We know the source of all this. It's bloodthirst. The unknown, uh, unknown is what's hard but we know what we have to do okay without the four of you hold hands forming a big daisy chain and you walk through the mist connected with v at the very front and v as you approach this tower thickens around you uh and the tower of risk and reward sort of like fades into the like the opaque like pollution of this like illusory magic until it almost feels like the four of you are just walking through a dense crimson foggy desolate landscape with nothing around you. Occasionally you hear hooting or hollering, cutting through the mist. You see like dark shadows running. You hear like like feet skittering over, over pavement. The occasional sound of shattering glass. Music 
undergirding all of this. But there are no, you know, there's no buildings around you. There's no obstacles. It's almost like you're just walking through fog. And V, nectus inside your chest. Goof, 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 begins to pound harder and harder against the confines of your soul as you get closer and closer to Scott, and you feel this, like, desire to be reunited. It's, it's like she's, like, straining, like, against your skin to try to, like, pull you forward, like a fish hook hooked into your sternum, like, leading you toward Scott. How are you dealing with all of this? And as, as they get closer and this is getting, like, worse and worse, V's, like, almost talking to herself and feeling her chest a little bit, be like, it's okay. We're, we're almost there. It'll just a little bit longer and you'll be reunited. Just just calm down. And I think to give herself some strength and like uh, reassurance, she's often turning back to Rev and just like checking in visually with Rev. And maybe at one point as it's getting really bad, maybe V reaches out her hand to Rev to, to grab and hold. Aww, I really like that. Yeah, Rev's looking down. I'm assuming like she's the one like immediately behind mm-hmm. you. Uh, and then it's like the rest of the rest of the party. I know Manaya grabbed V's hand, uh, but maybe. Well, V has two hands, so I have two hands. V has two hands. V has two hands. Okay, so Manaya in one hand, Rev in the other. Let's say Rev's like walking alongside you. Rev looks down at you. You see like what her one black eye from the Raven Queen, and like her one golden eye, like peering down into into your own eyes. One of which is green, the other of which is pure purple. She says, you're, you're gonna be okay, V. Just keep her calm. Keep walking. And V, I need you to roll to, like, comfort Nectis inside you. So that is going to be a charisma persuasion check. Very PBTA of you, Connie. Roll to comfort or support. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, um, I'm gonna, this time for sure, use a personal inspiration. <laughs> okay. Nat 20! Plus seven, twenty-seven, plus you said persuasion. Yes. So that's <laughs> Wow. Uh that's another plus seven, so thirty-four. That's a sixteen. <laughs> 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 you Oh wait, sorry. No, sorry, the plus so it's ten, so it's thirty. Thirty. Oh, just a thirty. You just got a thirty, that's all. Just a thirty. Does that succeed? Does that succeed? Okay, so with a th- 30 V that being a nat 20 you feel neck to still you hear her voice in your head go okay all right I'm ready I'll help you through this V I know you're my paragon I can feel it the threads of fate bind us together we just have to show my love that that's what this is all about Are you with me? I'm with you, friend. Then let's go. Let's get Scott back. And let's save Ndake. Nectus's power begins to shine out of V. And I think V is like glowing like purple. And like casting this like healing light around this like corrosive red mist. And where the light lands is sort of like a 10 foot radius out of V. Like the mist dissipates. And like Rosso comes back. You see as the mist like peels away, you see like a storefront come back. You see it like a cart, like a market stall like reappear. You know, you see like a person just some and like collapse exhausted, but not dead, just like passed out. Like onto the ground as like you see like the mist like like 
like come out of like their eyes and their nose and their mouth and their ears as like Scott's presence at the carnival's presence like leeches away from these people that are being affected in the middle of like running around laughing like attacking each other and like doing all these ridiculous stunts they just wherever V passes they just fall to their knees and they collapse and they like fall asleep basically they, they go unconscious and I think like this you're able to avoid like the worst of the obstacles in your way in Rosso because of that th- freaking 30 the four of you, as well as all of your companions, finally arrive at the base of the Tower of Risk and Reward. You go up these huge stone steps, like the light like irradiating away the mist, and you see the vaulted entrance into the tower. And up top, you see the origin, almost like just almost like it's pouring down from the heavens because the tower's so high up in the sky, is where you assume Bloodthirst is. What do the four of you do? Are the lifts running? Right. Are there anyone who running <laughs> what we consider elevators today? Okay, so let's say the four of you like walk through the archway, right? And like where like Nectus and V's light shines, you like see the reality like folding back in to the now. And when you approach one of the pedestals, right, or where you remember where one of the pedestals is, you see folding back into reality this little dais, and sort of slumped against the dais, you see the unconscious body of Gwyn, uh, the fearbolg wizard. But Ree would be the way to get up. Uh, V's gonna go over to Ree and look at the situation and look back to her friends and do any of you have anything to be able to bring this person back from being unconscious? I might be able to bypass the whole person situation. Uh, And Dewey's going to pull out the chunk of magic tablet energy, energy tablet from the jungle. Okay. Okay. Is there like exposed wiring that I could somehow harness this energy to get the lips working without someone casting? Very cool. But you would have to leave it. I would say it would be possible, but you'd have to leave it in the base and you'd have to like come back to get it if you want to use it for your, to remove the bomb watch later on. Yeah. Okay, so just make me like an, uh, an artificer check. Make me a, a sleight of hand check with your tools, so with advantage. I rolled two 18s. Uh, 24. Okay, you are able to jury rig uh, this dais uh, and use this stone instead of like Gwyn or another like trained wizard as like the power source, right? Uh, so describe to me what it looks like as you're jury rigging this dais. Um, I think that there's like a, there's like a cutout in the, back of the platform of the dais and he's found a way to like insert it into the cutout but on the back it's just like duct taped in there totally uh it'll it'll hold um for probably a couple of trips but that's it okay uh with that i think the dais is only large enough to admit like five or six of you at a time so it, you'd have to go in two trips so i'm assuming like the four of you maybe also rev and dr Aluso, will like go up first if that sounds good for y'all yeah, and I mean, Kane is unconscious, so maybe they, you know, sheepishly turn back toward Xiaohu, Talat, and Tonga. I, th- I think it would be better if the three of you stay in the heroes' quarters, back up again, and if you could take them, please. Absolutely, the hell. Of course, Oka. Yes, yes, we will, Xiaohu. Yes. Kane is as much a victim here as any of us. A murderous victim. We'll deal with that later. Justice will be served, but for now, they're unconscious and they're vulnerable. And yes, 
We'll go to the hero's quarters. We'll keep an eye out. We'll make sure we're okay. But go. One more thing. Uh, and Manaya uh, reaches into a pocket. One of her like side satchel sort of things. And she's going to pull out a small box. Open it up. And to reveal... Uh, were they were they herbs that Gora gave me? Oh, the 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 and sleep things. Yes, well, a special like a an herbal remedy for like a deep and dreamless sleep. I don't know the details, but if any of you find yourselves caught in the carnival, this should prevent any bad dreams or visions happening. What? The, where did you get that? That is an extremely rare and powerful herb. A good friend from down south gave it to me. I thought it had gone extinct. Wow. Well, that is worth a lot. Well, okay, thank you, Manaya. Yes, oh, yes, thank you for giving it to us. We'll make sure to use it. Squeak, are you going to the hero's quarter too? Yes. This is for... This is for those taking care of Kane in the hero's quarter that we are going to leave behind. Yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll go to the hero's quarters too. I can't risk... So, no offense, but I can't risk dying. I've got kids to take care of. Squeak, this is not for resale. I know, I know. It's for Kane and for everyone touched by the carnival. It just here, it'll be in good hands. When I hands it to Tonga. Oh, ooh, I've got the rare herb. Ooh, how nice! There's no time to waste. The six of you go now. We'll be okay. Uh, I think Dewey is like hurrying people onto the platform, like pushing Squeak onto the platform, and then once Squeak is on, he gives Tonga a quick hug. Uh, See you on the other side, Cardu. See you on the other side. She, like, touches touches the side of your feathered face and nods. Uh, then lowers lowers her hand, and boom! Right, this light comes out, they discorporate as you beam them up to the hero's quarters. And now it's just the four of you, Oka, Manaya, Dewey, V, and Rev, and Dr. Eluso. Left behind. Dr. Luso nods. We ready? Dewey, are you sure you did this right? Yeah, sure. I think so. I think there's enough power. Let's go. That doesn't sound very convincing. And it's then the I think you know. <laughs> the world just sort of disappears, fractures around you. It is a lot more turbulent. Let's say Dewey's version has some turbulence uh, that Gwyn's does not. So it's like. And like, it's like you're in the middle of a slipstream, right? You sort of see like these various chambers like flitting past you. Like you're in like a a translucent elevator just dropping or rising. You can't really tell at a Mach 20. And then finally, like Austin and just sort of land kind of hard on your feet. In the middle of this antechamber that you recognize as sort of like the foyer into Atalanta's uh, throne room. You see the portraits of all the past champions and their regents arranged around this domed atrium. But all of these portraits have been ripped. Claw has torn through all of them, including Atalanta's, like, right through her chest. Except for bloodthirsts. And this entire area is eerily quiet. You don't hear the sounds of fighting anywhere. Right. Dr. Lusso, the five of us are paragons. We should be safe from from Scott's influence. We need to stick close to V, or you might fall to Scott's influence. Other than that, this is like any other battle we've ever fought. And we've made it out of every battle we've ever fought alive. It's not like every other battle. We need to be careful. This is a god. Manaya and Oka takes Manaya's hands. Be careful, please. 
V is sort of... She's deep in thought because her brain is just racing. How do I convince Scott to leave Bloodthirst and come to be with Nectis? V, how are they? They just want Scott. They just want to be reunited. Don't let that want consume you. I know how it is to be separated from loved ones. Keep your cool. They cannot be worshipped alone, but they are individuals. They've had their differences, many, many stories, but love binds them. They will come back together, V. In you. V, as Oka says that, looks over to Rev one more time and sort of nods. And then looks to the door to enter the throne room. She's ready to go. Hell yeah. I think the four of you make your way through this first set of doors. There's like a couple of hallways before you reach like the main hall and like the big doors that lead into the throne room that are always guarded. Uh, so I think you push through these initial doors that you go through the halls and you begin to see now the slumped bodies of royal guards here or there. They're, uh, they're definitely dead. They're not even taken by the carnival. They're just, they're dead. Um, and it looks like they died fighting. You hear Rev go, damn it. It's too late to reap their souls. I'm so sorry. Uh, as she, like, walks past all of these bodies. I think, like, the four of you even see as you walk, like, tears begin to, like, come down Rev's face, even though, like, her face looks really impassive. And she just sort of, <clears throat> by way of explanation, it's not me, it's her. Um, and as you continue walking, you finally reach the big stretch where the corridor widens with, with this door to its left. And you see, like, four royal guards who are, like, just totally kitted out, like, in, like, full plate armor. Definitely, like, the best trained guards are just dead. And the doors are open. And as the four of you stride through the doors, silence. There's no battle, no movement, no, like, big showdown, like, Bloodthirst versus Kane. And for a moment, it even seems empty. Like, where's Bloodthirst? Where's Atalanta? And then your eyes are drawn to the throne, where you see Atalanta's body slumped against the throne with her own trident speared through her chest. She's not moving. Oka takes off immediately. Like, they had been hanging back, I think, at the back of the line, and maybe there's like a pause and a breath as all of us see. And Oka just, no regard for traps, no regard for where Bloodthirst might be. They are like, they're moving with immense speed towards the throne. Uh, and if they like are able to get there in time, they'll just like get a crawl up and like kind of like almost skid on their knees, like to a stop at her to, and they're immediately moving into blood magic, but we can resolve that after everyone else makes a move too. V also sees that and, um, and also is feeling like almost as if like, you know, Nectis's hand just wants to like reach out, like looking, like it just... Her chest feels like something is going to burst out at any minute now, seeing everything that's in there. And I think V isn't going to run like uh, Oka is, but definitely like looking around moves in that direction and is being a little bit more cautious about the surroundings, but is definitely heading towards Atlantis's body as well. Yeah, as soon as Oka takes off, Manaya is going to run after them uh, and maybe yell, Oka, no! Uh, but maybe... Even though her injuries were healed, she's still a little bit hurt, so maybe she stumbles a little bit and is a little slower. Uh, as everyone runs past, I guess, uh, Dewey, like, reaches after them, but too late. Um, and as Manaya stumbles, he, like, he looks at me and he's like, Are you okay? Are you okay to do this? Yes, I just... Rev, can you... On it. 
and Rev is also like running forward toward Atalanta's body. Dr. Luso also is like, oh, oh dear, and hurries along. And as all of you arrive, right, with Oka there first, you see sort of Atalanta, there's like blood pooling, like it sort of just goes all the way down, like her front is sort of like pools, like it goes down the throne, right, and like pools sort of like in like a slick crimson puddle around Oka's knees as you like skid, like to a stop in front of her. And Oka, you hear just the faintest wheezing from Atalanta. She's breathing. Uh, and Oka immediately, like, they slide in the blood. They, like, even take some of it in their hand, you know, just, like, dash it across their tongue. And immediately uh, their own nose starts to bleed on the other side. And I am going to use my one of my blood maledicts, which is technically a blood curse, but I really just want to connect with Atalanta's blood. And I want to... Maybe some kind of combination between my like grim psychometry and my bonded bloodletting features to like check her blood for poisons, to see how much she's lost, to get an internal read on her um, on her well-being. She has lost a lot of blood. It is pretty miraculous that she's still alive. So she must have like a really strong will to like still like be holding on to like life and consciousness at this point. Uh, and you can sort of see <sighs> without even making you do a check. Her blood is poisoned, corrupted. There's something in it. It tastes similar to the mist that's all around you. And even in this little sampling, it's like, it's in there. It's, it's too late. She's completely corroded uh, by Scott's influence that Bloodthirst is wielding. I will allow you to make an intelligence check with advantage to see if you can get anything else. Uh, 19. Okay, you can ask two follow-up questions. You can ask them whenever you want until the end of the scene, whatever that is. Is... Is there any way to save her life? No. Is there any way to ease her pain? Yes. Yes. Uh, if you listen to what she has to say and maybe like deal her a mercy blow, but that might not be necessary because she seems to be holding on for a specific reason. Uh, and like she starts to stir more as like y'all arrive. It seems like she has like a dying words that she needs to get out. That's like the thing that's like driving her through. She needs to tell someone something. And then like once that's over, like, She'll probably lose the will to fight and, like, die. But the good thing is Rev is here to reap her soul, so her soul won't just disappear. Manaya doesn't know any of this, and so she is in full, like, we're on the high seas, somebody got impaled by something, uh, and she calls Dr. Luso over. Ah, oh dear. Okay. Dr. Luso, I just need you to put pressure here. And Manaya starts unwrapping her kanga. No, don't touch her. Manaya freezes. Don't touch her. Atalanta, uh, and they like their hands are like slick with her blood, uh, and they kind of like cup her cheek, and like one hand is like out holding Manaya back. Atalanta, we're here, we're here. Okay. <laughs> uh, she just like coughs out blood, <sighs> uh, and Oka will use some of their like bloodletting to like stifle it. You know, like she's gonna bleed out anyway. Uh, they just they're holding it in. Okay, Manaya. Dewey, V, you must be Rev. Listen very carefully. I, I don't have a lot of time left. You have to find the other Paragons. Please, you have to. You have to work together. Separated, divided, we are nothing. But together, we stand strong. That's what he doesn't have. 
that's what Bloodthirst doesn't have. He's alone. He's always been alone. He's never let anyone in. You can't beat him just with brute strength or by yourself. You have to present a united front. We will. We'll take him down. You. Atalanta reaches out with like a hand. This is taking like every ounce of her strength and reaches for you, V. V's gonna reach out with her hand and, and grasp it. And she's like holding onto your forearm really hard. She's like looking up at you. Tell Vasca I love her. And her hand goes limp around your forearm. And in the moment that she dies, Rev uh, very quickly poof, sweeps Grim like over Atalanta's body. And you see, like, the, the blade of Grim like, glinting as you see, like, Atalanta's face just flash across the blade. And, like, all four of you also feel the, the weave, like, ripple a little as Rev takes her soul and stores it in Grim. V's gonna take a moment, like, just still holding the arm and then take her other hand, like, on it and just, like, gently, like, place it back in a way that feels just, like, a place on the body that just feels restful. You know, it's too late. Oka, I think they grimace a little touch their head to Atalanta's and close her eyes and they stand and they they take the hilt of the trident uh, and with one hand kind of on Atalanta's abdomen they pull it out and immediately seal the wound up so it doesn't bleed anymore and they lay the trident across her lap and fold her hands over it where do we see bloodthirst bloodthirst is not here and as there's sort of like a moment of, like a moment of silence, right? Like over like Atalanta's body. The four of you feel, I think like the hairs on the back of your necks raise. Uh, as you just feel the weave behind you start to tighten. Uh, and you hear like a kind of a noise as the mist in the middle of this hall begins to solidify. Manaya takes her out, her axe. And as she's taking it out, she says, For those we have lost and for those we can yet save. V, we'll carve you a path. If you can get to him, you can get to Skad. Lead the way, friends. Oka draws Dream Hunter. Dewey draws his giant sword. Uh, as you draw your giant sword, uh, you feel it like vibrate like in your hand and you hear the voice go, is this happening? Are we finally doing this, father? Finally? That's uh. I don't think Dewey, he just like trails off and he just points the tip of the sword at the mist that's forming. Yes! Finally! I have unleashed! You finally allowed me to fly free! And in this moment, Dewey, uh, as the mist starts to turn into something, your sword starts like the blade glows when the light sort of like disperses um, and until the end of this day this is a plus one sword for you because okay. uh, you have agreed to finally wield it with violence <laughs> so reward for violence I was waiting for that trigger for three arcs I was waiting okay uh, the mist solidifies into not bloodthirst but a flight of stairs and they seem to go through the ceiling let's go and I leads the way. No more games. V puts a hand on her chest, which like it, it almost feels like something is about to burst through her chest. The energy is so 
fantastic at the moment. You'd be like, soon, Nectus, you'll be reunited soon. And starts walking towards the stairs. Mm-hmm. With perhaps V leading the way, right? This like force is just like pulling. It's like, again, like that fishing line just pulling you. You know it's up there. You have to go. The four of you, Rev and Dr. Luso, ascend the stairs. And they're as solid as stone, right? Even though they appear to be made out of red mist. And as soon as, like, the last of you, let's say it's Dr. Luso trailing behind, like, steps off the last stair, like, it, it, it turns to mist again and, like, unfolds out from underneath them. Uh, but it holds long enough for all four of you to reach the top of the ceiling. And as you go to the very top V, you go through the ceiling. Like, the ceiling has been made incorporeal. So you stick your head out through the ceiling and you walk up you, VC first, and the rest of you see this as well as you also ascend the roof of the Tower of Risk and Reward. Base has sort of been bent to tessellate you all the way up there. The night sky above you, at this point, it's evening. It's just completely black. No stars. Uh, and it's a massive roof. And there are no railings. It just ends. Sort of like an infinity pool. It's like an empty arena, like a massive circular arena. And like winds and mist red mist are just sort of like roiling and pouring off of a central point and as all six of you ascend and finally like step onto this roof you see bloodthirst standing in the middle of this roof mist is just pouring off his body filling this arena and at his feet lies Cain and he calls out across this empty battlefield toward the six of you <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't kill your friends in the hero's quarters. Just took them into the carnival for a little ride. What do you say we talk, hmm? Me, the four of you, and you. Also gestures toward Rev. I don't know who you are. Turns to Dr. Eluso. But you're not important because you're not a paragon, are ya? You know, Scott's been saying some real interesting things to me. And you see, like, the edges of his fur, like, vibrate as he says this. And wow, that is one powerful presence inside my body. But I gotta tell you, I can control it. I don't know what it is, but I, I can control this power for now. And I know that if the five of you help me, perhaps I'll learn how to control it forever. What do you say? You want to talk? I think V is going to lead with, I've come here for Scott. I don't care what else happens to you, and if you have to die for me to get him, so be it. Uh, didn't your mommy ever teach you to share your toys? No, 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 no. This is mine. I think V is going to look to look at it back at her friends. No, the fuck. It's not. It's hers. Says who? Fate? Fuck fate! I am blood fucking thirst. Everything I've ever gotten in my life, I have clawed out of the hands of someone who refused to give it to me. I spit in the face of your so-called destiny. Maybe I wasn't born a paragon, but goddammit, I will become one. Manaya uh, doesn't make it obvious, and maybe you'll make me do a stealth roll, but I want to vis- whisper to V. Keep him talking. Amanaya is going to very stealthily motion to Oka, Dewey, Rev, and Dr. Luso to sort of start spreading out uh, to sort of form a united front and then like maybe move in from the sides. Okay. I'm not even going to ask for a stealth roll because it would be impossible for him not to see this. 
but I don't think he's going to attack you. He's keeping an eye on you as you like start to fan out, but he there's no like sudden movements yet. V's gonna turn back to Bloodthirst, and at first she's gonna say, you know, there was a time where I was exactly like you. I didn't believe in fate. I didn't believe in destiny. But there are things happening right now that I wish I could explain. There are things that I wish I could tell you right now, but... And I think these, like, feeling Nectus, like, rising up in a little bit, like, almost, and then out of, suddenly out of her mouth is just Nectus's voice of, Scott, Scott, I'm here. Just, please, he's not right for you. You know he's not right for you. Please come back to me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't. And you sort of see, like, Bloodthirst's, like, face, sort of like Kane's, like, distend, as you see, like, Scott's face sort of, like, come out of it a little bit, like this freckled face, you know, with red hair and, like, these, like, wide brown eyes. But then through sheer force of will, Bloodthirst just, and, like, the the face, like, is, like, shoved back in. But it seems to be, like, hurting Bloodthirst uh, as he does this. No, no. Damn it, you! Stop it! Stop using your tricks, your... Who says the four, the five of you get to be the heroes of this story, huh? What about me? What about the rest of us? Don't we get a part to play? You chose your part to play. This is your part to play. We all have a choice. The gods descended upon us. (laughs) You think we fucking asked for this? No. You chose a long time ago what your part to play was. And Oka looks down at Kane. <sighs> you four-pupil freak. You piss me off. You are everything I hate. I know you. I put out a warrant for you. Oh, yeah. Prince Makoya Hien. That's who you are, isn't it? Child of the Emperor. You had everything you wanted and you threw it away for no good reason. I did not throw it away. Yes, you did. You say you didn't ask for it. I did! Every day since I was a kitten I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that I would be something special and guess what? The gods never answered my prayers. I grew up in the gutters. I was unloved. I was abandoned. And I made a name for myself through sheer force of will. And perhaps this is the biggest fucking mercy you'll ever get from the gods. <laughs> they are not kind when they put their grace on you. Don't you feel how it fucking hurts? Don't you feel how it burns? Shut up! Shut up! Uh, and I think like a like a wave just like erupts out of a uh, bloodthirst and like and i think it, it slams into all of you so just make a just make a easy little con save for me an easy con save i may or may not be sarcastic 21 a surprise 22 19 also 19 19 gang 19 gang okay all of you save so you are going to take half damage you're gonna take 11 points of force damage 
uh, as this thing just buffets into you and you're not pushed back because you also saved. Rev saves as well. Just like stands there and takes it. Dr. Aluso does not save. They go, uh, as this like blast, I think like throws them through the air and they hit the ground. uh, And they skid and come to a stop like a couple of feet away from an edge. So I'm going to use six uh, sorcery points to (gasps) give myself a level four slot so I can dimension door to the other side and like stop Dr. Aluso from going to the edge. Okay. Describe to me what this looks like. V is like sees Dr. Luso f- like shoot towards the edge instinctually just feels her, the the weave inside of her like shifting priority so to speak and she like as if she's running but then just like a green streak to where um, to get between her Dr. Luso and the edge and boom she's right there and she like catches Dr. Luso and like maybe they tumble a little bit but they're still like much further from the edge than you would have been otherwise uh-huh. uh 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 <sighs> thank you Oh, that bloodthirst figure really does pack a punch, doesn't he? You've got to... It's okay. I've weathered worse. Don't worry about me, V. And V's gonna, like, sort of untangle from Dr. Luso and run back at the action towards bloodthirst. Okay. While V was doing that, after bloodthirst released this sonic wave... He's, like, breathing really heavily. Like, he's, like, almost, like, slender shoulders, like, just sort of, like, heaving up and down. As you see, like, like his edges glitch out. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, what do the three of you do? Dewey braces against the force. I think he's got like a wide stance. And then as it subsides, he um, he says, uh, you push people away. Look at you, you're alone. There's no one, there will be no one left for you to rule if you want to be a paragon this badly. No one. <laughs> no one. And Bloodthirst looks down at Kane, who's still like unconscious at his feet. I've always had people around me, people who listened to me, people who loved me. You're talking out of your ass, bird. And you corrupt them. You turn them into monsters. I turned them into something worth something. Without me, you know where Cain would be? Dead in the street. They owe their life to me. These ungrateful orphans all owe their lives to me. They don't owe jack shit to you. Hold on, I know you. That's right, yeah. I recognize you. Car do quirk, isn't it? <laughs> that is a lot of hot air spewing out of someone who couldn't even protect the people he cared about. At least my mentees survived. I stuck around to keep anyone else from turning out like you. If I die doing it, so be it. But I'm not letting you corrupt anyone else. <laughs> Big words from someone who fled the championship after... Uh, what was her name? Petal? Flower? Ah, right. You can talk history. I'm not letting it go on anymore. Then bring it on. Perhaps I'll have to beat some sense into the six of you. I think while Dewey was talking... Oka, I think maybe is the farthest left. So maybe like Manaya and Oka are mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, flanking mm-hmm. and tech butts, tech butts. Oka catches Manaya's eye and then all four of them are just moving. Okay. Sounds like we're entering battle against a dangerous foe as a team <laughs> to use a mechanic from masks. Uh, so let's do, let's, let's bring back our homebrew fight rules when we fought the, the Hydra Flare. So instead of rolling for initiative, we're going to have like kind of a loose initiative where y'all decide who goes first, right? And all of y'all and your allies will go first, and then Bloodthirst will have his turn. 
But if, depending on how you roll, just depending on the flow of the fiction, Bloodthirst might react to what you do. And like other people can like pitch in and like skip ahead in the quote unquote loose initiative order, etc. So who's who goes first? What's what's the plan here? Who does what? What do you do? I feel like V would go near the end. Manaya does not go first. She is waiting for an opportunity to throw her axe at a distracted Bloodthirst, hoping to cleave the tail. That's really smart, actually. I'm just just going to give you inspo for that idea, because <laughs> it's a smart idea. So it's between Oka and Dewey. Which one of you moves first? Uh, I think maybe Oka would get there first. And you wanted a distraction? I'll give you a distraction. They are just fucking flying at Bloodthirst. Not flying, literally, but they are just like sword out, you know, like cleaving, trying to get in between Kane and Bloodthirst if they can. That's their intention, but off we go. Make an attack roll. Fucking at 20, baby! Uh, sorry, that must have been so loud. Uh, that hurt my hands also. 26, bitch. Okay, on a natural 20, you either get to roll full damage and you get to roll it again, or you just roll twice and you get to pick an additional advantage. You get an additional opportunity. Uh, hell, hell fucking yeah. Um, I'm gonna just roll the normal dice twice and take the uh, opportunity. The opportunity will be to distract Bloodthirst enough for Manaya to get, for all of their party to like get a good angle on them. They're just gonna kind of like pivot them around and get in between Bloodthirst and Kane. Okay, so maybe the opportunity is everyone gets to go first before Bloodthirst can even react. How about that? Love that. Okay, roll double dice. Okay, that's gonna be so much dice. Other stuff can happen and I'll tell you how much damage it is shortly. Uh, as soon as Bloodthirst is facing away from Manaya and his attention is uh, away, Manaya is going to throw her axe, aiming directly for his tail, but is going to, right after she throws it, book it in the same direction in case the axe misses. Okay, I make a ranged attack roll with strength, I guess. That's going to be a 13 total. Yeah, that's not going to hit. You can still roll damage, but Bloodthirst will get to hold one reaction. Why don't you describe what it looks like as the axe flies through the air? Manaya grips her axe and then swings it back, loosening her grip so that she grabs the very base of the of the handle. And with a couple of steps forward, she chucks it overhand and it goes spinning through the air, either aiming directly for his tail or aiming slightly off. I think what, what happens is, why don't you roll damage anyway? He turns it, I think the axe like slams into the base of his tail, but it doesn't sever it. Whatever, it's probably a combination of like Scott's influence and just like the, the tail itself is made of really durable material. It's gonna take up more than just like a single blow to like cut it off, right? And I think the axe actually like lodges into like a segmented area of the tail and just, it just lodges there. And Bloodthirst like staggers. So I remembered I have an extra attack because I'm, you know, uh, high level uh, and I rolled another fucking natural 20. I fucking swear to you, I, that was what my face journey was about. I see. Okay, so your second attack, Oka, you get the same thing. You get to either get full damage and then roll dice again, or you get to roll dice twice and choose a opportunity. Uh, I think it's like the two fucking strongest stabs of their goddamn life. Uh, so I'll do double roll again uh, and grab Kane and fucking get out of there. Okay, maybe the thing you pick is uh, you take something from them, which is Kane. Uh, so why don't you roll double dice again and tell me the total after that? Manaya, what'd you get? The damage is 17. Okay. While this is happening, V and Dewey, what do the two of you do? When the axe hits Bloodthirst's tail, does he, like, turn around? He staggers. Yes. Yes. I want to attempt the same thing, but with my sword son. Okay. Maybe, like, on the other side of his tail? So roll- is that a ranged attack roll, or does it just fly out of your hand uh, and make an attack on its own? 
I think it just makes an attack. I'm just like propelling it. Okay, great. Then make an, make an attack roll as your sword, son, with a plus one. 65 points of damage from Oka on those two attacks, by the way. So before we resolve Dewey's attack roll, just describe to me what those attacks look like, Oka. Dream Hunter, I think, like, glints. Uh, and the runes don't light up around the sword, but they do, like, they catch the red light. And they're not using any of their other Blood Hunter features. It's just them and this fucking sword. And for a moment, they actually look like they are supposed to wield it. That it's, like, so light and it just cuts through the air with so much power and so much grace and speed. And it's just an X across Bloodthirst's chest. And they grab Kane and they are just... They pull back immediately for the two, the axe to lodge in and then for the sword son to come right after. There you go. Hell yeah. So what'd you get on your attack roll, Dewey? Uh, 19. That is also going to be a miss, but roll damage anyway. So I'll hold two reactions. Um, I rolled three for damage. <laughs> Oka doing 65 points of damage versus Dewey doing three. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's a three total? Correct. The two genders. Which gender are you? Okay. God. <laughs> okay. Dewey, are you also right up there? Like, I know Manaya ran after her axe. Are you, you're also running forward, right? So you're like within melee or did you like throw your sword son? Uh, I'm throwing it. I'm not going to get like melee range, but I'll run towards Bloodthirst. Okay. You run forward and you chuck your sword son. Sword son goes, yes. Ah, oh, wait, I'm a little rusty. And it like lodges in kind of like a weird angle, right? Like against the other side of Bloodthirst's tail. And now I think in the middle of all this action, V, what do you do? B is going to run, and when she gets within distance, she's going to leap up into the air, do a few somersaults, of course, and come crashing into into Bloodthirst, and actually is going to cast Shocking Grasp, but I would like to use the autocrit. I want this to be like... I want it to be... It's flavored with, like, this, is, this isn't just V using magic. This is, like, Nectus reaching through V into bloodthirst trying to yank god out of him okay so make that attack well i guess it's a nat 20 wait actually why don't we just roll damage first it's only a nine so okay it's not a powerful spell no worries that is a nat 20 so i think you do it describe to me what it looks like as you reach into bloodthirst and start to yank god out so it's like the hand solidly placed on either side of Bloodthirst's face, and you just see the purple electric sparks coming out through her hand into its face, and it's just like you see the red sort of misty glow coming off is meeting the purple, but the purple's winning out, and you just see him slowly be enveloped by this purple mist instead, and then you can almost in V's face see Nectus coming out, and you see Scods coming towards, and they kiss, and then there's just a blinding light as Scod is removed from Bloodthirst. As the blinding light sweeps out all around you, Bloodthirst just lets out a no! And is gonna use his two reactions. First order of business, I need all of you to make a whiz save. Just a 20. <laughs> Do I want to take the nat one, or should I use it? <laughs> take it, take it, take it. I will give you, I'll okay, give you inspo. Take it. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you inspo it. for that. All right. Uh, I got like an eight. A 12 for me. Okay, everyone except for Dewey fails. Don't worry, Dewey, you saved. 
Uh, so I think what happens is it's so it's like in the air in front of you, right? V, like just you can see these two gods and you can feel like a like you're a magnet, right? Attracting both Scott and Nectus finally reunited in the middle of this swirling purple red mist. And then Scott uh, due to your nat one was saved is forcibly torn apart from Nectus. And you feel Nectus go, no, no, no! As Scott is being pulled back into Bloodthirst's chest. And let's see, what is your deepest desire? Oh God, why? Okay, um, you know, having a good life with Rev, you know, having one good thing in my life for the love of God, you're taking it from me. I'm gonna, goodbye everybody. No, no, your deepest desire is to have a, have a good life with Rev? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think the, the red mist and the purple mist around you swirls and forms Rev and yourself. You see like an illusion, but it feels so real of the two of you like embracing each other. There's just a look of such happiness on both of your faces. And you sort of hear Bloodthirst's voice cutting through the haze that just says, V... Stop attacking me. We're not on different sides here. Listen, I can guarantee that which you desire if you just join forces with me. And because you failed, something about the illusion gets to you. So tell me, V, how do you falter and seed ground? I think V isn't even going to, like, try to get Nectus back. And I think... V's just going to look around at uh, her three friends here in the immediate vicinity and give up on the fight a bit. Like, all of a sudden, she's not, like, interested in this fight. She just wants to, like, step back from it. Okay. There's a faltering moment there. Uh, and I think, similar to V, Oka, tell me, what is your deepest desire? To be the Emperor of Too Long, Lord of 10,000 Years, the Dream Blessed. And you see yourself on a throne. This mist like forms this image, wielding Dream Hunter. And you see the like, people kneeling in front of you as well. All of your enemies, everyone who ever rejected you, kneeling in front of you in reverence. And you also hear Bloodthirst's voice. I knew it. Listen, Makoya, Oka, I can give you what you want. Only I can give that to you. Can't you see? Join forces with me. We can work together. How do you falter in seed ground? I think Oka, the image uh, makes them stumble. Uh, and I think Dream Hunter just kind of gets like planted, edged down kind of into the roof. And they can also like flopped over them. Okay. And Manaya, what is your deepest desire? Manaya's deepest desire, since she was a little girl, was she wants to walk in Queen Kakoa's footsteps. She's always wanted to be a leader, have her own ship. Not rule Uhanahi, but lead Uhanahi to discover more of the world. But that desire, I think, maybe flashes before her in the mist of her, you know, on a ship on the high seas for a moment. But it dissipates, and we see a small living room with a fireplace. Manaya, small again, and three parental figures sitting around her, playing a game. And you hear Bloodthirst's voice cut in and just sort of say, I can give that to you, yes. Yes, I can, Manaya. No arts are forbidden here. I don't 
There's nothing wrong about necromancy to me. Listen, Manaya, I can give you everything you've lost in a real way. Just join me. How do you falter and seed ground? Manaya is really, really close. And maybe she's reaching for her axe and the tail to, like, take another swing. But she stops right before her axe, that sign of violence that has brought her harm and pain to so many. And she she can't bring herself to grab her axe. Okay. But in that moment, Dewey, you saved. So tell me anyway, what is your deepest desire? Dewey wants his old life back, to be with his family, uh, to be doing work that he loves, and for the world to be like a safe place for his kid to grow up in. You see all these things. You see like Hana, like a little like Hana, like like running through the mist, you know, into Ulani's arms. You smell like Ulani's cooking that you haven't smelled in so many long years at this point, Cardu. And you see yourself at a table with Hana now growing up, teaching her how to make things, how to invent things that will help people. And just a very like domestic vision flashes before you. And Bloodthirst says to you, I can give that to you, Cardu. Listen, I know we've butted heads in the past, but at the end of the day, we're both family men, aren't we? There's some common ground to be found. Join me. But Dewey, how do you see through the farce and stand strong? Dewey has seen people do impossible things, uh, create, uh, gain, like, immense amounts of power. And he's also seen the people that that, um, the people that that leaves in its wake, and that's the one thing Dewey, the one thing he wants is to leave the world a better place or at least neutral uh, from when he, when he entered it, when he leaves. He looks at his friends, um, and then he looks back at Bloodthirst and he says, "They're not, they're not like you. They're not the kind of people who would throw anyone they loved under the bus for power." for their own happiness. You don't know them. On these words, Dewey, something about it starts to clear the mist around Oka, Manaya, and V. So V, I'm gonna ask you now and tell me how this monologue cuts through the haze, revives that nat 20 from earlier, and how you just, just describe it to me, V. What do you say? V, her heart just was feeling pulled out of this fight and she's gonna look over actually to Rev and she looks then to where the image of Rev and her together were and she looks back to Rev and then to her friends and she she feels her heart come back to what's actually happening right now and she she looks to bloodthirst and she says you and I were very similar at a time in my life I too wanted to make something out of myself, believing that the gods didn't exist, that fate was nothing but a bad joke, and I was very closed off for a very, very long time. And when I tried to open up my heart again, it was crushed by someone who didn't deserve it to begin with. And now I'm here, and you promised me something that I already have. I have these friends who I have fought beside and given my life for, and they have done similarly for me. I'm standing beside, and she blushes a little bit, this person whom I love very much. And you cannot 
remove from my heart the amount of love I have for all these people. So you take all of your empty promises, take all of your bargains, and you can have them back. The one thing, though, that you cannot have back is Scott. And with that, V's gonna turn to the sort of like purple haze that of, of Nectus is like there, and V is like Nectus. It's time to bring your lover home. And I think she's just gonna start running back at Bloodthirst and leaps up, sort of like taking in this purple haze and just like recombines with Nectus. And for flavor, we will do a superhero drop, boom into the ground, the roof shakes. And V is like back to where she just was, you know, purple eye, clothes not changed yet, but definitely seemed to have a shimmer about them that wasn't there before. And with one purple eye and one green eye, she just looks at Bloodthirst and is ready. You know what? Screw it! Fireball time! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is a dex save? Against fifteen. What's the DC? Fifteen. Okay, that is a obviously it's a failure. Uh, so why don't you just just for kicks and giggles roll damage on that? All right. I, how many dice is it? Oh, God, eight d six. Eight d six. Do you want to use a dice roller? So yeah. No, it's fine. Fifteen, twenty-one, twenty-five, twenty-seven. 30 and 32 points of fire damage. See, that didn't take long. Erica is the only gay person who can do math. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that is true. So V, describe to me how the fireball goes off and how that causes God to pull out of Bloodthirst and reunite with Nectus inside you. You know what? I think after landing superhero pose, V is actually going to white and instead of like the normal like flame color it's gonna be like this purple glow comes from the ground all around bloodthirst and then like all meets right at him and just boom this big purple glowing light huge and when it releases there is god up in the air you see uh the haze of of nectus coming out with like arms wide open to scott and she says lover please return to me Let's go home to our paragon. And Scott floating in the air, all of you see Nectus in her full form, which is this lilac-skinned tiefling. She's got like a pair of bagpipes slung around her back, and she's like dressed in these like beautiful like robes that's sort of cinched at the waist into trousers, and like dark black hair that's like shaved on either side, like pulled up into a bun. Looking down at Scott, who is like a half-elf with bright red hair, that's where all the mist is coming from, the, the redness of their hair like fire, sort of braided down their back with these freckles spackling their face, looking up at Nectus, and the two of them embrace, and Scott says, Lover... I don't know what happened. I was lost for so long. I was consumed by anger. I... Shh. It's okay. Let's go home. They embrace the two colors. Meld into each other and... Shoot into you, V. So, V, describe to me, describe to all of us your Paragon transformation. Oh my gosh. Uh, Can I pull... Okay. Um, So... A blinding flash of light, briefly, and once that recedes, you see V. Clothes very much have changed now. Um, instead of any type of dress shirt, it's like this green 
uh, material that's kind of tied into a off to the side. It's like a long shirt that's kind of tied off to the side. She's got shoulder pads that like almost have like little dragon teeth sticking out of them in little places. And on one shoulder pad is Scod, and on the other shoulder pad is Nectis. And V's hair is wild now, even more so than before, with green streaks. Um, you know what? Can we also put some purple streaks in there too? Like a little bit of green and purple streaks in there. And uh, I go, I'm going to keep one eye purple and the uh, other eye is just more green. The shirt is Kelly green. Like there's just, just like shades of green all throughout. And she looks more noticeably perhaps more even more so dragon even more like around the hairline and around the edges of her face is even more noticeably scale like greenish dark scales lining her face almost like so it frames her face she still has gloves on but her diamond is no longer in her palm it is at the center of a chest piece that glows kelly green that's her new arcane focus instead of in her palm Wow, okay. So were you floating in the air? Do you like settle down? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Full magical girl. Bing boosh. On that the mist just like a light just shoots out of you. Like a massive wave. Just like when Rev became the fully realized paragon of the Raven Queen. Now like a shock wave of a green and purple and red light emanates out from the tower and we see it sweeping across the roof just like completely dispelling the red mist we see it sweeping over the streets of Rosso like slam into like a big rolling like bone ferris wheel and just like where, where it touches it the ferris wheel just disappears it just dissipates like it was like made of clouds and it just dusts off into the air it sweeps over these streets filled with red fog where people are sort of like cajoling lost in revelry drinking like I mentioned like pulling these ridiculous stunts like like throwing knives at each other and all of them just sort of like like this one like halfling wielding a knife just like and like falls to the ground drops drops the weapons right all of we see all of Rosso falling to the ground as the mist disperses and bloodthirst's carnival like stranglehold is lifted uh, and all these people just fall to the street fall to the ground safe just resting and unconscious and we like zoom out and we see all of Rosso as this massive force wave just dissipates over like over Ingear Lake causing like these like like sonic bursts like ripples over the lake that like hit the shore and like rock these boats that are like on the surface of the lake and now we pull back to you V as you finally settle back down onto the ground your hair billowing out around you and I need you to tell me was that fireball lethal or was it non-lethal it was non-lethal Okay. Max, the look on Max's face. <laughs> Lyra's face is like, seriously? <laughs> what, V finally doesn't kill someone? You're all like, this, there's only one person here who I feel like should kill Bloodthirst. I can't do it. Eyes for Oka. Okay. Bloodthirst is in a crumpled heap on the ground. His fur charred like at your feet, right? And he's just sort of, I think he's like on his knees like, like drifting in and out of consciousness in front of you, V. V, I think, looks to her friends and also over to Kane. Friends, I don't know what you want to do with this, with Bloodthirst, but I'm not going to kill him. But if one of you want to take the blow, I would understand. I think as the mist, the mist in front of Oka showing this emperor self, I suppose. 
they blink, they hear Dewey's words, they hear V's confrontation, uh, and they take their sword out from where it had been stuck to the ground and they slash through it. They don't want to subjugate. They don't want to rule. They want to be loved like the emperor is loved by their people, by their family, by the gods. And as like all of these shockwaves go through, they kind of like kneel and like brace over Kane's unconscious body. And as V speaks finally, they look down at them. I think you hear like a... <sighs> as Kane begins to stir. Kane, what's happening? Where, where am I? What is this? Kane's eyelids flutter. Their silvery eyes, a little unfocused, looking up at your face. Oka? Hi. There's a lot to do. What is this? Where? I was... Scott and Nectus were. They're where they belong now. But we still have a question for you. What's the question? Do you still want to kill Bloodthirst? I think at that, Kane sort of like wobbly gets up to like a, a sitting position and like takes in all of this, right? All of this sees B fully just glowing and like there's no breeze but her hair is like flowing behind her. Sees charred bloodthirst at her feet. <sighs> oh. It's happening. It's finally happening. You're finally getting your comeuppance. <sighs> Just kill me already and get it over with. I. Uh, and Cain slowly gets up, pulls themselves to their full height. Oka helps them up as well. And Cain limps, sort of like still weakened, uh, toward where Bloodthirst is kneeling in front of V. And Cain takes out a dagger. Cain? Oka puts a hand kind of on Manaya's chest as she goes to move forward and looks up at her. Manaya, there are some monsters that do deserve to die. They ignore Manaya, and they step toward Bloodthirst, like, slowly. Bloodthirst is just sort of, like, looking up at Cain with very calm, crimson eyes. And Cain just says, Get up! And Bloodthirst struggles to his feet. And Cain holds this dagger really tight in their hand. And they run it through Bloodthirst's heart. <laughs> and Bloodthirst, like, spits out some blood, you know, like, dribbling down onto, like, the fur of his chest. <laughs> As Kane just sort of, like, drives the dagger all the way to the hilt and, like, pushes it through the other side. <laughs> Once a murderer, always a monster. And Bloodthirst falls to his knees collapses to the ground, and dies. Rev steps forward and swipes Grim through Bloodthirst's body, reaping his soul. And now I think uh, all eyes turn to V. <laughs> At this point, Kane just sits down, and they just don't say anything. They're just like totally empty. Rev's looking at V. V, you're still kind of glowing. V is looking at herself, really. And she takes like a, a deep breath and as she takes a deep breath it don't like the the glow starts to like die down she like chills out like a second <laughs> and she looks back at her friends at rev 
Does this mean I have to start behaving? Podcast editing for this episode is by C. Thomas of Okahian fame. Toss them a follow on Twitter at PieSharpArt. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Mavilis, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.